Hello and welcome back to the Living Imperfectly podcast with me, your host, Claire. This podcast is all about providing you with real honest discussions on how embracing imperfection can be a helpful approach to improving our relationship with food, body image, exercise and navigating through our messy lives in general. Today I am joined by a lovely guest, Stephen Hart. Stephen is a personal trainer, owner of Heart Fitness and an MNU certified nutritionist who has been in the industry for going on 11 years. He works with individuals who don't know where to start, whether it's fat loss, fitness, mindset, or a little bit of everything. He helps clients navigate them from A to B without having to overhaul their whole lifestyle, all whilst having a laugh along the way. In this episode, we are going to be discussing decision fatigue and how this can impact us when we are looking at working on our health or fitness goals. And to be honest, in life in general, if you are enjoying the podcast, please do me a wee favor and leave a review as it helps way more than you realize. As always, if you're looking to work with me, then head over to my website, www.coachbyclaire.uk or get in touch via Instagram at coachbyclaireofficial and let's get a chat on how I can help you. Hello and welcome Stephen, how are you? I'm well, Claire, how are you? I am good, thank you. I'm very excited to have you on, so thanks so much for giving us some of your time. I am more than grateful to be asked, uh, so happy to be here. Yes. Okay, so we're going to be talking about decision fatigue because I think it's something that comes up quite a lot for a lot of my clients and I'm sure that it will for you as well because it is quite a common thing. We live in pretty hectic world and it can not stop us in our ways, but makes it a lot harder, I think. So first, let's maybe cover what exactly is decision fatigue and why is it important that we maybe understand it a little bit more? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's such a fascinating thing, I think, decision fatigue, especially when you become aware of it because I think for so long you begin to question certain things such as your own decision making, willpower, overwhelm and not really understand why that is and and a lot of it I feel comes back to decision fatigue so almost like having impaired judgment um, on the decisions you make and it's centrally down to the fact that we're making so many decisions in a day that sometimes we're unaware that all of that has like a cost effect where we just, as the the definition or the name suggests means that by the time it comes to the decisions that we feel we should be making that could have an impact on our goals or health or anything like that, we just go, oh, I'll just go for the easy one. And maybe that doesn't align with what we wanted to do when we begin to beat ourselves up for it maybe and it all just comes down to the fact that we are like overloaded with how many decisions we make on a daily basis oh yeah totally it's kind of like when you've got your laptop open and you've got all those like windows open it's just like constant like juggling of this loads of things in your mind or another one that I think I is quite useful of is you know, if you go to a restaurant and you get a, a, God, I can't even speak. You get a menu and it's like so much, like pages and pages of recipes, like not recipes, meals. And you're just like, I can't, this is too much for me. I can't make this decision. It's kind of like that, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. That tab one you mentioned I feel like so many can relate. I try to really just avoid it. I just close all the internet tabs. Mm -hmm. But I think exactly that. You just see so many. 
I find like on the burger recipe, sorry, on the menu, I always just go, right, is there a burger? There is, cool. That's instantly yeah. reduced my decision-making because I'm going, is there a burger on this menu? There is, I'll just stick to that. And if there's oh not, God. then I'm maybe going to be fatigued. <laughs> I'm going to have to think about it. That's exactly like my husband. He's always like, well, there's always going to be a burger. And if there's not, oh God, I'm really going to have to think about it. Um, That is, um, yeah, I like that. Like it's, I can relate to that one. It, I think as well, it's just we're constantly flooded with loads of decisions to make. And it's that thing of like adulting, isn't it? <laughs> it's it's hard. I don't really like adulting. It's got to make these decisions about things that we just really don't want to make decisions on, like who your mortgage provider is or who your gas and electric is or all this kind of stuff. And then when it comes to the things that you actually want to do, like a health and fitness goal or something like that, you've got this, like another layer of decision fatigue because there's so many different approaches, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, I think nowadays, especially because your social media that you and I are both very much on we use it for what we work in the health and fitness space you can just be overloaded with things telling you to do this that's not right do it this way no that's not right do it this way mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're just beginning it's like using another analogy of that paralysis by analysis because there's so much there that we're just overloaded with information that how do we actually come to decide on what is the right thing because we're questioning where to start as well it, it kind of all centers back to that decision fatigue yeah just completely completely overwhelming i think i saw you know on the topic of decision fatigue i remember writing a post of it a wee while ago and i don't know what the actual number is but the the paper saying it was an american paper and it was just saying you know the average american makes thirty-five thousand decisions a day what? But so many of them. Yeah. And I, who knows if that was accurate? I don't know. Because you listen to other things and it could be hundreds. But when I began to break it down, I was thinking, well, actually, that could be right. You know, do you decide to snooze the alarm again? So you wake up, the alarm goes off. Do you decide to snooze it? That's a decision made. You know, okay, I'll go to the bathroom first. I should have opened the curtains first. That's a decision made. And then if you begin to compound them over, like, do I take a left and if I'm driving to work, do I take a left now? Traffic's slowing down. Oh, how can I beat this traffic? You start to make, all of a sudden, those decisions just go on and on and on and on and on that we don't really think about it too much. But when we feel so tired at the end of the day, if we reflect on that, that can turn back to, okay, well, that's why. I've made probably thousands of decisions today. A lot of them we probably come to automate. You know, they are habits, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. But when you realize how many decisions you make in a day, I think it can then be easier to go, well, let's, let's try to make it easier for ourselves going forward. But if we aren't aware of that, I think that's where we begin to question, as I said at the start, our willpower towards our health and fitness goals beat yourself up for not managing to stick to something um so yeah a yeah. lot of, lot of decisions <laughs> made in the day I think is my point there yeah and you're right like a willpower you know you think oh I just I just need to have more willpower or I I just need to you know get my acting gear and we beat ourselves up with that kind of language isn't it we like really it chips away at you mentally Yeah, you mean like the negative self-talk? Yeah. On that, it absolutely does. I think as soon as you begin to feel that you have been defeated by your own willpower, you can also then use that as a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy towards, well, I can't stick to something because I can never stick to something. So the negative self-talk, you begin to just critically or criticize yourself and and continue to find yourself going down that route over and over again 
So it's this vicious cycle that you feel that you can't get out of. Yeah, and that's exhausting and and not a fun not a fun place to be. Um, so how does our mindset and attitude towards taking care of ourselves impact this overwhelming feeling of decision fatigue? Probably a bit of what we were just beginning to touch on mm-hmm. there. If our mindset, if we are used to being self-critical, if we are used to talking to ourselves quite negatively, then our mindset can feel quite fixed towards that. So as soon as we have decision fatigue, we might begin to find ourselves either let's say, choosing something that we know is less optimal towards our goal. So that might be always choosing to go for a takeout, for example, every single night. I'm not saying a takeout is a bad thing in the slightest, but we know we probably shouldn't be doing that every single evening. Um, but, but it's the easy option. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that can certainly begin to happen. Or the other side of it is you can all, I think it's called ostrich, syndrome where basically you bury your head in the sand so being to just switch off from whatever your focus was because your mindset has been quite negative you think well what's the point of even thinking about this anymore because it just doesn't work i'm not good at it and that negative self-talk will just come back around again if that's what you mean there Claire. yeah yeah it's just that like thing of like tapping out and you know oh you know I guess goes back into that inner critic really of defeating like saying that we're we're it's just not for us and we're not good at it and yeah it, maybe not acknowledging actually what is going on maybe perhaps like what we said at the start not having that awareness that perhaps it might be a bit of decision fatigue um that we're feeling Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I find when I chat to a lot of individuals I work with, that will willpower usually comes up at least once, usually multiple times, and usually most of the time, to be honest. And it takes a lot of time to get past that because of that negative self-talk, because we instantly begin to think I just lack that willpower and, and I'm I'm sure we'll chat about maybe ways to try and improve decision fatigue. And with that, it often improves our willpower as well, because we don't begin to say it's our willpower because it doesn't feel taxed anymore because we're not constantly going, should I have that cookie? Does that support my goals? Okay, no, I won't have that. Oh, but I really wanted that. You know, a lot of it just begins to snowball. And then by the end of the day, you probably end up having or you might end up having two, three, four, five, six of those cookies because you just pushed all of those, I will, I won't, I will, I won't. It was constantly decision-making in your mind to resist it that by the end of the day, it just kind of all comes out in another form because you're just going, well, the easy choice now is just to, a bit like all or nothing, I know a big topic of yours as well. Um, it's just, it's okay, well, that's it. I've just gone all in. I, I can't anymore because I'm absolutely just my mind is has gone flat it's, it's flatlined because of how fatigued we are yeah I mean all or nothing mindset is just like it like you can see how decision fatigue is linked in with that you know it is constant like all I'm all in you know or 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 all out there's no like gray area in the middle where we do maybe perhaps feel like we have this flexibility to make these decisions in a calmer way um you know either all or either like out it's um a lot of it is from either restricting trying to perfect it um or you know you are you have got decision fatigue and you're maybe perhaps being irrational or trying to like push everything down 
that you don't know which way to go. So you end up going to one extreme or the other. Um, that on its own is so exhausting. Like, it's so exhausting. And I, you know, I have conversations with clients all the time about being in either side of those and it's trying to get move into that middle ground you know that really boring gray color in between that's like we find it quite hard it's not really that exciting is it <laughs> that place um no it, it might not be and, and on that just all or nothing I think because I know with it being a, a passionate topic of yours and you know, I've been in the mind of all or nothing I've been in the mindset of all or nothing as well where actually in that moment it can sometimes make decision making easy for the short term that it lasts if that makes sense if you're all in quite restrictive it's almost like you set yourself a set of rules mm -hmm. that makes decision making in that moment easy there's no chocolate there's I'm exercising seven days of the week but we know that it's not really sustainable, unfortunately. But in the moment, it just appears, well, that's made decision-making very easy for me. I'm doing all of these things, no matter how I feel at the end of the day. And eventually, nine times out of 10, I'd say 10 times out of 10, we burn out, unfortunately. And then on the flip of that, the nothing response is the same. It's just everything's included. So I'll just say yes to, to everything now. Nothing's yeah. you know, being restricted, as it were. But because we've gone so hard one way, we then basically do the opposite of that. And then we want to try and find some balance. And it's in that balance that for a short term until we perhaps set some things in motions to make decision making easier. That's where going back to your um, menu analogy of like being given pages and pages, that's what it probably feels like coming out of the all or nothing mindset until you put the work in. So like, geez, yeah. oh, okay, so on the dietary approach, you're telling me there's there's keto, there's intermittent fasting, you know, there's high carb, that whatever, you know, whatever. overwhelming. Absolutely. <laughs> so I can see why all or nothing, unfortunately, in the short term, can make decision fatigue easy until it's not because it's not sustainable. Exactly. You're spot on about the decision fatigue there about the all or nothing because it does simplify it you're either going to be taking that approach or that approach. And there's nothing, I can't deviate from that. That is that is a very clear decision that I'm going to make. And I think with that coming into the gray area, the middle area balance, I do think is something that gets, you know, talked about a lot. We're trying to find this balance. Um, and I think sometimes we get that a little bit confused as well because balance isn't like a fixed thing um there will be changes in different things at different times of your life and it's a having that flexibility in that um but that's where having the principles which we'll go on to probably next is understanding which things can help us in different situations because life is unpredictable um, and who knows what's going to get thrown at us. So if you're trying to work on this middle ground, it is about reducing the fatigue of making decisions and just knowing if this situation happens, I might try and do these approaches for this situation and this for this situation. And that's okay. It's going to be okay. yeah absolutely i think balance is such a fascinating term because i think we all believe that we need it but i don't know anyone that genuinely has it or you're well or the way i'd maybe look at it is in certain areas of my life it's much more balanced because and again we'll probably come on to this i basically just set up habits that i know makes that part of my life a lot easier and then the rest of it might just be a bit of chaos and that is okay. And when I feel overwhelmed, I'll sit back and go, okay, well, how could I have hopefully have done that better? And it doesn't always work. Sometimes I am a bit like that ostrich analogy I use. I'll put my head in the sand for like a wee while going, 
what have I done? I've done it again. But I find that the balance usually then comes back by, okay, well, now I've got to adapt to that. Or just also understand maybe that's just not what I should have done and I'll know that next time. Um, I don't know. I think balance is a really tricky one, especially mm-hmm. with social media, because let's say I feel like we're being, it feels like we're maybe being told you need to find balance, you know, try and balance that in your life. But then most people that I work with, if they've got your know, young families or teenagers, their schedule flip flops all the time and then they get ill and then that just completely creates an unbalance for a moment so it's it's being able to basically have things in motion like you described right okay if that happens this is how we adapt if that happens this is how we adapt yeah and takes... we're, we're forever learning that as well because we can't control every aspect of life and we can't especially when you add kids into the mix it's like who knows what's going to happen with them like yeah they get ill they have they have schedules that are you know way more exciting than (laughs) it's just like you know there's constant things um but yeah I do like what you said about you know you have your habits you have your kind of set things you do but it's sometimes it's there needs to be a little bit of wiggle room with some of it um to find some form of balance in that moment I think it's not a fixed thing so I guess we mm-hmm. we've talked about giving some practical tips so we probably should maybe talk about actual some practical tips to help our listeners um but yeah what do you feel um can help create the routines the habits that can support us in our goals and this reduce this constant decision making Yeah, I think on that, because it's always like knowing from, I love listening to podcasts. So I always think when you listen to a podcast, so anything that we say here, you know, there's probably a relevance for someone to be like, yeah, I resonate with that and I, I could implement that. And the reason I mentioned that is because whatever anyone's goal or, or why might be, then comes down to, okay, well, what? of what we maybe suggest is at this point in time potentially going to help me because no doubt some of the things I say here you probably think oh well that just makes sense but do we actually do them to try and help us so like having a plan you know saying that aloud everyone probably think well of course that just makes sense Mm -hmm. but then do we actually ever have a plan it's Maybe, maybe not. So with that, writing things down. So if it's just sticking to our space of like, let's say health, fitness, diet and and things, if it's looking towards losing some body fat, you know, if we're looking at dietary changes, maybe it's writing a plan of a rough meal plan. You know, the things that often kind of get pushed to the side of saying, you know, you shouldn't or maybe this is going too much to a trigger point of mine where, you know, say I need to be given a meal plan so I can stick to it. When in actual fact, what I'm trying to suggest here is knowing what your likes are of foods, hopefully something that's nutritious and then write a plan out for the week that might be flexible. Even better if you can do some form of preparation to that. So at least you've got meals there. So if we feel that, that phrase self-sabotage happens or willpower is low in the evening, they go, well, it's okay. I've made my dinner for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So I just come home and hopefully however I make that, it's going to be far quicker for me to do because at the end of the day, we want to make the easy choice and that makes the decision-making easier, I guess, using the word easy twice there. Whereas if we don't have a plan, then we get to the evening and it could be you ask your significant other, oh, what do you want to have for dinner tonight? And it could be, oh, I don't know, what do you want to have? And then this is back and forth that might take time. And then eventually it's just, should I just go out and get like a chip supper or something? You know, so that might not support what our goal is. For those that work with me, uh, they always used to rip 
um, into me. They didn't really rip into me, but they couldn't believe that I would do this. Francesca, my wife, and I would make veggie chili, like basically from the start of the pandemic, that we made veggie chili, I'd say for about two and a half years straight. And we had it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Made it in the slow cooker on a Sunday. And that was just so simple. It made the decision-making so easy because we just had that ready to go. We heat it up when we get home, which is usually quite late. So again, decision-making that last thing at night, we're maybe eating about half seven, eight o'clock at night. So you're thinking, oh, it'd be so easy just to put a pizza in the oven right now, which there's nothing wrong with, but doing that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, maybe it's not gonna support or align with my goal or our goal. So we would make veggie chili and that just made it so much, so much easier. We had a plan of action we prepared it, which helps make the decision-making easy. And I'm actually the same with breakfast and, and lunch. I am, I'm such a creature of habit with that. And I, I work with individuals who do prefer to be more flexible. And I appreciate that, that for most probably makes more sense. I'm maybe a bit of an oddball that I like having porridge seven days of the week. I like having uh, a chicken bagel with salad and sriracha and mayo for lunch every single day of the week. But it just makes that decision-making much easier for me, and I enjoy it. And the variety usually comes in the weekend, I should say. There is variety there. But, yeah, without me going too much on the tangent, having that plan in place, if I can prepare it, having that window usually on a Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, the weekend, and then that kind of rolls out for the week. And that, that's just on the, the nutritional side. I could definitely go on to exercise as well, but I'll maybe see if you have any thoughts on that clear as well the, the food side of things I love that like clients I work with some of them you know there's a lot of decision fatigue so sitting down at some point in the week or even twice a week if you you know I think as well like speaking to you know if you have a family like speaking to your partner your husband your wife whoever and actually making these decisions together you kind of start to form like your family or your personal favorites you know it's doesn't need to be like when we think meal plans you know I get asked a lot can I get a meal plan I want to know what to eat that's actually never really going to work long term because yes you're removing the decision fatigue I get that you're not having to decide because somebody's told you what to eat However, in the real world, like, do, do you like all those things on there? Does your partner like all those things? Do your kids like all those things? How long does it take to make those things? Does that actually work in your dynamic of life? Um, and it's more so like, like what you said, like you kind of build some kind of semi structure of what that is going to do, like looking at the things of when am I when do I struggle to make decisions around food when and in, in the week like you were saying Monday to Wednesday you know you know exactly what you're doing you don't have to think about it you know it's looking ahead at those specific meals I don't have time either prep something that's like one pot one pan slow cooker in the morning 30 minutes 20 minutes whatever even if it's like prep it's whatever it is decisions made before the actual time um is super is a great way to reduce um decision fatigue around food because you end up enjoying that meal more because you're like I've not had to stress about this I can enjoy this like what you're saying I can enjoy it um and you are learning about what actually supports you and you can make that however whatever that is um I, I think it's funny about your breakfast being every single day I have but I I totally relate to it as well because my breakfast I have three breakfasts on rotation and that's how I like it because I like a little bit more of a variety if I had the same thing all the time I wouldn't get that enjoyment but I quite like that I'm like oh I'm gonna get this thing that that day or even just changing slightly changing it so if I'm if I was to have if I was to be told I'm having porridge every day 
how I would what I would do to suit me would be change the toppings so that it felt like I had that variety but it's the decision of actually what I'm going to have is really the basis of it is taking care of itself right um like we do this other thing as well where which I we sometimes do that I mean we sometimes slip out of this but it can be really really helpful like we used to do this thing where Tuesday was tacos day um tacos Tuesday and it would be a different style of tacos every Tuesday so we knew we had to get the basis of tacos but the toppings and stuff was just whatever um it's just little things like that that I think it you like it just removes that con what do you want I don't know what do you want I don't know do we have anything in the house I don't know do we have the things oh let's just go and get a chipper we're picking on chippers here but like you know and then you don't enjoy it because you've not actually like you've not actually necessarily maybe wanted that like and then it just spirals into the oh I don't have the willpower I don't I'm not good at this this is just not for me I just need to be told what to do and so I do think actually like taking a step back and making that space to put these principles in is definitely helpful um share with me like about the exercise front like how would you reduce like the fatigue of more so the training side of things so i use a lot of clients that i work with and um, i guess a principle that i picked up from james clear's atomic habits few years back which was and I'm sure he didn't create it because I've, I've since seen it on other courses but it was in his book that I read on just implementing your intent so again it does just go back to to planning but it, it centers around your your what and uh, so what you're going to do when you're going to do it and where you're going to do it and because I do work with you know let's say mums and dads that have uh, young kids that often makes it centered around maybe okay what's the schedule around them so if they want to do more workouts for example it could be okay so what do I want to do I want to do my uh, home strength session where am I going to do it I'm going to do it in the garage or the living room and when am I going to do it well I'm going to stack that on immediately after dropping my son or daughter off at nursery or or school or, or something like that. And, and maybe try to make that habit a little bit easier by you pretty much wearing your gym gear to drop them off. So as soon as you are back home, you are already in, it's resisting that, well, I've now got home. I've said what I was gonna do and, and where I was gonna do it, but because I'm not in my gym gear and maybe the house is a little bit of a mess, I'll go away and I'll hoover um, or I'll do this. And, and we justify that by knowing that it's still something that does have to get done. So we feel like, yes, I still feel like I've been productive. I've done that. But maybe it pushes away from what our goal was or what our why was. Of, right, I want to be a bit fitter or I want to prioritize myself more. And I really feel like my health of being fitter and stronger is something I'm trying to prioritize. But because we've got other things going on, we can justify those actions often because we still feel productive. So that's why I tend to get them to do that. What, uh, what they're going to do, where they're going to do it, and, and when they're going to do it. And for a lot, that can be, it can be a challenge to start with because naturally, like, well, this just still have to get done. And you know, we usually try to find, okay, well, how can we try to make that easier? So it really does come around trying to make your life easier with that. But again, I'll end up going on a tangent. So hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> Uh, on the implementing intent that's definitely a big thing that I try to use as a principle I love that it is um I think when we get clear on that um it massively helps I think there's always going to be other things that need to get done that's the thing isn't it there's always going to be the dishes the hoovering all that kind of stuff um but if you're very clear in saying this is when I'm going to do it, this is how I'm going to do it. And I love that, like being already in your fitness gear 
is huge because I can relate to that. I think that's perhaps why I like to do my training first thing in the morning as well. It's like definitely, I do prefer that time in the, to train that time, but I do think I have my clothes looked out. So I, I get it's, I get up, I put my clothes on. It's that habit stacking, that building. I get up, put my clothes on. Well, if I've got my clothes on, I, I've already done half of the task. I just need to get out the door. Um, so it takes that away. Definitely know if I don't do that, the procrastination creeps in, all the other things I could, oh, well, I could get this done. I could get that done. And then before you know it, it's bedtime and like, damn it. So getting clear of like when you're going to do it is super helpful. Um, I think another thing that can be helpful about decision fatigue around training is similar to what we were talking about with food planning, like sitting down at some point, whether it's the weekend or whenever suits you to like look ahead of the game, like look ahead at what you're going to do and what you're going to eat on those times. Same goes for like training as well. Like, Could you block it out in your diary? Again, it's linking that into what you were saying about that, you know, you're setting that intention, but you're actually like putting it in your, it's a, like a confirmed appointment. That's how I would approach it. Like this is something that is a non-negotiable unless there's obviously something, you know, significant. Like there is life stuff that happens that you can miss your training. I'm by all means not saying you have to do it, but it does put that element of, well, I've put that in the diary and it's important to me knowing your why um, and getting it done um, can, yeah, can massively help. Again, same goes for you. Like if you're have a partner, kids, like looking at everybody's schedule altogether can be a, a bit of a game changer. You don't have to think about all the decisions that goes along with everybody else's schedule because you're all sitting down at one point in the week and saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Right. How can we find a way to everybody gets what they need to support them? And ultimately you all get a little bit of what you need. Not saying that that goes to plan all the time because I 100% know that doesn't go to plan all the time, but it is about having some kind of, structure in there a semi structure so that you're not getting to the end of the week and going oh that's another week where I've not done any train sessions and it's perhaps because of decision fatigue you're overwhelmed with everybody else's schedule you've forgotten about you yeah 100% and I think that's why the um the saying that you hear a lot like never miss a Monday is quite powerful. It's not something that I actually ever use with anyone because I don't believe that it's true. I don't think it matters if you miss a Monday, but I see why it can. If, if you start the week right in the way that you see it, then it doesn't mean your week necessarily starts exercise on a Monday. But when I see that message, I do get where it comes from. Mm. It's just that maybe sometimes we can take it the other way and think, well, it's okay to miss a Monday, but where I feel that it really comes from is just going, okay, it's whenever you start your week, it's recognizing, you know, that's why you don't miss it because you've made that time for you. And, and it's something I was going to just um, piggyback onto what you were saying was having some form of commitment. So it's like a commitment to yourself, like say blocking that schedule off. And then if you can, you know, obviously you and I are both coaches and we probably, I'm pretty sure you've got a coach. I've got a, coach yeah. as well and so we're accountable to someone you know yeah. that that can be another thing so it doesn't have to be accountable to a coach it might be accountable to your your significant other to the family whoever it may be but those things I think can make it let's say I don't always like using the word rules but more of like a rule like yeah that's just that's just what I do because I put it out there and I'm going to commit and and more likely to stick to it. Life will absolutely throw 
a hundred things that you and you won't always get it done. That's coming back to that perfectionism thing. We, it's not always going to be perfect, but I think you know, by having that form of commitment and feeling, yeah, I've got started, then like you said, it doesn't mean at the end of the week you find yourself going, Oh, I was going to exercise at some point this week and it hasn't happened again. So we do have to set down some form of intent to go Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Those are my workout days. So those are my training days. We're going to do it here. Maybe having plan B's, absolutely. But it's a good it's a good place to start and hopefully gets us started yeah. on that. The, the other thing I was going to say was I think most people I see nowadays have, like with families, I mean, it looks so confusing, but schedulers, you know, Monday through Sunday on the wall and you're just like, cool, so-and-so's got this going on. Yeah. So-and-so's got this going on. We've got to get them there. And I think a big part going back to habit stacking is can you stack on, okay, if I've got you know, my child's dancing or they're at a class, could I maybe go for a run in that time whilst I'm waiting? If that's 30, 45 minutes I've got, or a walk it doesn't have to be something so intent, whatever you feel you're going to enjoy and, and it, you want to increase your physical activity. Could you stack on top of that time that maybe other things could be done? Absolutely. But you're waiting for them to finish because you've got to pick, take them in and pick them up and take them home. Exactly. I actually, when you were saying about um, never skip a Monday, I have been wanting to put a post up about this on social media for like no word of a lie. Definitely not overthought it. Uh, must be like two years. So definitely not, no overthinking whatsoever. But I have very mixed feelings on that message. Like more so I don't like it, but I also do, same as you, I also know that there is something about you know starting the week there is a thing of like you know Monday like you know you're starting afresh I think the thing I have a problem with it and this is probably just I mean shocker this is definitely my own like hey I'm the one with the problem but you know just that thing of like trying to perfect a training plan and not being so rigid that you know, even if I was like on death's door dying of some form of illness, it would be like, never miss a Monday, got to get it done. It's like, no, that's, you've gone too far. <laughs> but I do, I do think that there is something in there. I just, I, I've just got a thing about like language and like that, like never, never. It's so like, you know that that word I think for me just like oh and anytime I see it on anybody's post I'm like well what happens if you're ill or whatever because it puts that it puts that thing into your mind of like oh well that's my week then destroyed if I don't do it then like no we just need to move on to the next day so it's like same goes with your plan if you're looking ahead with your trying to reduce your decision fatigue and something happens and it doesn't go perfectly to plan okay we learn from that and then we move on to the next thing that we've perhaps planned out it doesn't need to be the whole week and then we start again on Monday Monday is not a magical day it's actually just yeah <laughs> I've gone off and I ran there <laughs> like, but I don't know there's just something about it but I also agree with you as well like there is something about it like can be helpful just to kind of get you like right it's Monday let's get going start of the week boom let's get on it um however and I think it should be that every day it's a fresh day everything every day is a fresh day yeah. so let's approach today like that Let, let's just see what we can do today yeah yeah I you know if you do come to do a post on it because I 100% agree I, I definitely don't want to be pigeonholed into believing you have to always hit a Monday spot on because you're right we'll never yeah. do that should we say but it can almost be you know, never miss a day and then that day is relevant towards okay what does that mean? Is that a day where I do need a little bit more 
self-care i need a recovery it's not about working out today it's about other things and the next one still sitting true to that never miss a day okay today is workout day you know however that that might be it's still utilizing every single day for ourselves whereas yeah being in the industry that you and i are in it always comes back to okay i'll start monday i'll start monday i'll start monday when you know that shouldn't be the case and nine times out of ten unfortunately leads us to not getting much further than tuesday <laughs> because okay well i didn't manage to stick to it uh i'll start again next monday and then yeah. that that makes that a treat we probably come and come away from decision fatigue but again back yeah. to the very beginning decision fatigue is in all of this as well um because we have often become overloaded with the amount of decisions we've had to make and it can be quite overwhelming and that's why we're going to just start again Monday yeah actually something like it is about I think yeah what can I do today or another thing actually that I think is useful for decision fatigue is at the end of the day you know looking at things that maybe have crept up or happened in that day okay well I'm maybe going to try and rejig tomorrow to set myself up a little bit better you know I'm just going to try and set myself up tomorrow so that when I wake up I already know the decisions the decisions have already been made of how I'm going to try and turn up for myself tomorrow um and it's that continual thing so I think the way I look at it is like your weekly plan is like I guess like zoomed out because you're like looking at it from that but then when you get into the nitty-gritty of each day as it comes you're a bit more zoomed in like okay I maybe need to reevaluate this or let that go or know that that hasn't been perfect and that is okay but tomorrow I'm going to try and do this this and this and see what works with that and that way you're continually showing up for yourself every single day not just magical Monday <laughs> What yes <laughs> yeah absolutely um i think planning for the week most weeks there's lots of things that are always going to be the same you know and things might change them in the last minute but you know if we, if we have a work schedule we kind of know when that is if we have other things going on, work schedule is usually a big one because most of us are always got some form of work, shall we say. We usually know when we're going to have breakfast, lunch, dinner. So if we can basically try to make those decisions easier, so we have that mapped out, then that usually means that we don't have to think of them. I think often we are taking too long to think on those. Again, going back to why I have porridge, I should say I have different toppings, so that is the difference. But I know that there is porridge. That decision I don't even have to, to think of. And like you just mentioned there, each day might be slightly different on what you might have on that day. You could reflect on it week on week. If your Wednesday is always the same every Wednesday, well, that's my Wednesday decision-making done because most of my Wednesdays are always set up like that. And there's so much good snowball into I actually, my mind must be going in other directions because I always think back to, I know you're in Lift the Bar um, as well. And I remember going to one of their meetups back in 2016 in Edinburgh and Dan John spoke, um, the strength and conditioning coach. And I remember him always using like shark bite habits. And I'm sure other people use this as well, but it's basically just little things that weigh on our minds because we don't, take them on straight away, he would say, just use a shark bite. So it's like, respond, excuse me, responding to a text, do it immediately. So it doesn't weigh on your mind to go, okay, well, I'll, I'll have a think about that. And then all of a sudden that just stays in our mind all day, taking up your know, decision-making energy that by the end of the day, we know we haven't replied. And then a week goes by and that person chases us up. <laughs> A bit like I think when you were messaging me, just apologies for you know, coming on here. I was like, oh, I'm really sorry. I haven't got back to you. And I knew I should have just replied straight away. But we probably find ourselves doing that quite a lot. And I've definitely tried to make that a better habit 
as well. And, and probably some of the things we're chatting about here are all relatable because you know, we've all, all experienced them. And part of that is probably the time that we are alive. This has probably never been a time where there's been so many decisions that you could make because of technology, the social media, all these things that unfortunately take up space in our in our brain and our attention spans probably yeah. diminished a little bit because of that. Uh, the worst one I find is try and choose a movie to watch with your significant other on Netflix. Oh, I because that'll be a much. conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Hours. So, so the way we look at it is got genres. Okay, well. It's got to be comedy, and most recently it had to be Ashton Kutcher, isn't it? Easy. So much easier. <laughs> I think that's why I don't watch that much TV, because I I can't make decisions like that. I mean, I'm quite predictable. You know, it's, it's either, <laughs> this is a real insight, it's either murderers or um, some kind of, like, psychological thing that I want to know about but there's only so many like serial murderers things out there but I mean I've totally gone off in tangent but yeah I can't I can't make decisions like that if I was just to sit down and open up Netflix that's too much for me I need that decision made for me like can't do that one it's it's far too much even like things like social media I am quite um I wouldn't say strict but I do definitely have some boundaries with social media like I will only go on like certain periods of time I have cut off periods because if I'm on social media after a certain point in the evening my brain is just like overwhelmed with like decisions like maybe ideas or inspiration from things that I'm like oh I've seen this recipe or oh I've seen this or oh that coach has done some this oh that's a really good idea and then that is then part of my decision making about what I'm going to do with any of those topics that I've looked at when actually what I need to do is not be flooding my brain with things that I'm going to then make decisions about what I actually need is to sit in peace and quiet and chill out before I go to bed so I find even like little things like that, just recognizing what is overloading my brain to make plans, more plans. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it does come back to planning, doesn't it? You know, mm. planning, preparation, and then trying to make the decision that you really centers around what you want to achieve the easy decision and trying to block out find a way to make sure that you are not distracted by other things that unfortunately now exist in our time of being alive and social media is a massive one i think that i'm the same as you i've got something on that only allows me on social media at certain times but i've also got a time limit on how long for the day i can be on social media then it locks me off now that might be different if i'm on holiday and th or you know there'll be times but through the majority of like especially the working week it'll like kick me off i think it's like one hour a day which sounds like a lot of time but if you find yourself just open instagram one minute scrolling put it down like it's amazing how much time you just and then that makes your decision making harder, especially I found myself going on to social media and being like, I was on it to do something. <laughs> I found myself, let's just use the example of looking at, you know, cats doing stupid things. And all of a sudden I've watched a minute of that. I've gone, what was I on here to do? And then yeah. it just fries your brain. And again, probably something all very relatable. Yeah, totally. Um yeah it it is fascinating I think that just comes down to recognizing it and doing something about that to support you in a way because we can't get away from social media we can't get away from any of these things we can't get away that there's all this technology however we can recognize the things that make decision fatigue build that fatigue around the choices that we make and say 
is that supporting me or is it just adding to more decision fatigue and general just general fatigue and then looking at how you want to approach that and taking ownership of that I think is the key thing that I would say with that like what you're saying um I'm very similar I've got like time slots that go on um you know some things are automated I've got a cut off time and don't get me wrong there's plenty of times I ain't no angel there's plenty of times that I have hit that one more minute 15 more minutes or may as well just commit to going all out today um but it is about saying I'm choosing to do that today so you're not going to feel bad about that but you know maybe rain it in tomorrow <laughs> yeah and do you know actually just on you said automate probably going back because you know, we, we chat before you can go on tangents all day really oh, yeah. um but bringing it back towards you know ways to maybe work around decision fatigue is being welcoming to delegate tasks as well I think sometimes you can just find yourself going oh, I'll do this or I've got to do this and I've got to do this and then thinking could actually we outsource would that mean I think that's why you get so many you know people that do and I've completely forgotten the name HelloFresh things like that or yeah. even more local companies that help with recipes so there you are you, you you get all the ingredients that just make the meal and then you just make it you know what's there it's much you know, it takes that decision making of doing it all because you've outsourced a little bit of that and even I think I was having a chat with a couple of clients in a group session a while back about you know how many people I know have cleaners mm-hmm. and it's because you know someone comes in cleans the house because it just allows them to then go right productivity towards maybe their work or towards their family because and in the conversation we're saying oh I just don't know I feel like I should be doing the cleaning which I understand as well I quite like cleaning to be honest because it can also just take I don't have to think about anything but if you know that maybe that decision of when you're going to do it and it's going to take this amount of time perhaps isn't aligning with other things you want to do maybe for a short period you outsource or delegate that task for a wee while and that could help with decision fatigue because exactly. it's not on the back of your mind. Of Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're more than welcome to come and clean my house anytime. Stephen, like anytime. <laughs> I'll easily delegate that to you. Just I don't just come anytime <laughs> today. Um, but I do actually that is something that I um suggest to clients because we get these to-do lists all the time and it's a building building. It's actually like looking at it, separating that out. Um, and looking at what can be delegated like remove take the pressure off a little bit because there most likely is things you can delegate just to bring that level of decision fatigue down um and I do think it is a thing that we think oh we should be doing we should be doing this this and this and this and that's what's expected of us but actually when you start to delegate as icky as it is at the start you're like oh do I want to ask or do but then when you start to let go of controlling absolutely everything and people just adapt to that it's actually a bit of a game changer frees up a lot of your headspace um and that need to control everything just starts to relax a little bit um but yeah cleaning you heard it on the podcast Stephen's gonna come clean my house um just whenever like would you want to make it a weekly thing uh you know two every two weeks <laughs> I, love, I feel like there's going back to commitment and accountability it's all there like for anyone that <laughs> listens and hears I can't get away from it now <laughs> You said it, and they'll be. But the productivity that you get from it, I hope, is tenfold. I'm gonna be like, yeah, feel good now because I helped play her out. You know, she delegated to me, and that productivity is tenfold on her. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like I would do something back. So if there's something that's like decision fatiguing for you, then you know, I could, you know, because you've got to meet each other somewhere in the middle. So you know, I'll leave that thought with you. Yeah, well, it comes back actually just at the last bit that that's probably why you know you and I both have coaches and you know because we then 
less decision making on what's my training program going to be actually you know so that is a big thing as well yeah. to have that someone else you tell them we tell them our goals of course and we have conversations that go back and forth so it is you know there's autonomy there but at the end of the day it's like cool I know what my program is because someone is setting that for me I don't even have to think about it I just look at it and go okay as long as I show up yeah like I think like I've had a few times like people say to me oh you've got a coach like can you not just coach yourself I'm like you don't understand like how much I value somebody making that decision for me because let's be honest I'm you know most of us will only do the things that we really like to do and there are things that there's that take us out of our comfort zone that are going to help us get to our goals a little bit easier or not not easier but it will help us get there um more effectively um and also as well I find it when it's somebody else if there's like times in life where whatever has thrown life has thrown whatever curveball at you and you're struggling to make that decision yourself even though you know how to coach people write programs and everything like that you know we're human too things happen having somebody else's perspective and saying you've got quite a lot on at the moment do you maybe want to sell that back or you know look at things a bit differently and you're like oh yeah somebody else's perspective is so great at helping that reduce that decision fatigue because you don't know what to do for yourself sometimes um and you need I like to say somebody to parent yourself parent you because you're struggling to do it for yourself um and my coach definitely was <laughs> how to do that at times um because we're human we're human we we have lots of decisions and there's lots of things in my training program that I don't really want to have in there but I know I know they're there for a reason and I'm like I'm committed to it so I'll get it done <laughs> begrudgingly sometimes <laughs> is there anything Absolutely. is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners about decision fatigue and I mean we have covered lots of different things I knew we naturally would go into a few different avenues um but yeah if there's anything at all you would like to share I mean I, I feel we like I say we covered so much there's probably things that no doubt we missed but on the social media one I think almost culling some things that you follow so I, I did this not long ago because what social media has maybe been around 12, 15 years, I can't remember how long Facebook and, and Instagram, maybe not as long, but for the years that have been there, if, you, if you've maybe had the same thing, following the same things, there's so much there, especially through you know, being a PT for as long, the way that I have seen nutrition, the way that I thought I understood it in the beginning and had all this kind of fixed mindset towards certain things not being a good or bad choice, without using terminology, but just and following those sites and them still popping up and now realizing that they triggered me. And then with me and, and yourself having an understanding of nutrition now, if I work with individuals have the same things, they might have decision fatigue because they are questioning whether they are making a choice that is the right choice for them because they're thinking, should it be intermittent fasting? Should it be all this so without me going on a retirement tangent it is recognizing your values now and maybe culling so much that exists on your feed to basically reduce that noise of oh am i actually right making the right decision now because again that will just compound that decision fatigue so i think that would be the last bit without too much more would be if there's an opportunity to do that and i i get it i know a lot of people that actually just decide never to be on social media and it's probably for that reason because yeah. it is overwhelming but I find I find culling lots of things is a is a great way to be like cool now I don't have that I don't have messages that say never miss a Monday for example <laughs> but oh that's now in my head all day 
<laughs> just blocking out other decisions. Yeah, I know it's it's true. And the thing about it is, is we have a choice in what who we follow. Or even if we feel that thing of, oh, I don't want to unfollow, well, mute them. Um, you know, because it yeah. is, it's just adding noise. So yeah. Yeah, and I guess that last bit is like you said before, taking ownership. Because at the end of the day, we all do, do have to, unfortunately, adult ourselves. And taking ownership is a big part of that. Yeah, adulting, it's it's hard. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'm still resisting it through oh. some parts of, of life. <laughs> yeah, 41, still resisting being an adult. It's not for me. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I just go run to the hills that's probably why you know, you and I both enjoy running run to the hills it's like escapism for that oh, I know. therapy in itself I know it is it definitely is but sometimes we do have to come back to reality and make these hard decisions so yeah. thank you again for coming on to the podcast I really appreciate you giving up your time and of course thanks to our lovely listeners for taking the time to listen to the podcast too and I hope in you've taken something from this episode that has helped in some way and I will put our both our contact details in the show notes so if you want to get in touch with either one of us please feel free to and I look forward to meeting you again on the next episode bye <laughs>